Hi, this is Brian Woods, the head coach of FC Monmouth, and you are listening to the FC Monmouth Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number five of the FC Monmouth Podcast here during the 2019 season. My name is Matt DeLuca. Joined today, we have a full house, Joey DiCamillo and Evan McMurtry. Guys, first of all, we've been gone for a little while, but we're back. So guess who's back again? It's us. Uh, new week, new us, two games to recap. Uh, how are you guys doing here today? Uh, I'm doing okay, Matt. I'm, I'm, happy to, uh, I'm happy to be here in the, in the studio here in Robbinsville. Yeah, no, it feels good to have the whole gang back together. The last few podcasts, we've been, uh, you know, doing whatever we had to work with, worked with whatever we got. So, yeah, it's good to have all the boys back. So we have a lot of action to catch up on. Of course, two games that were played last week, a game on Wednesday night that we'll start with against Atlantic City FC, and then a game on Saturday on June 1st against Philadelphia Lone Star FC. But we'll start Wednesday night, which turned out to be a very long night due to Mother Nature and the weather. Uh, we went down to Atlantic City. Uh, the game started at normal time of 6 p.m. Uh, FC Monmouth got a goal from Anthony Ravito in the 35th minute, went into halftime with a one nothing lead, came out in the second half. Atlantic City had a couple more opportunities towards the end. They had a penalty kick that, of course, <laughs> went wide in the 59th minute. And then in the 71st minute was when everything stopped for three hours because of weather. A three-hour rain delay. The game was paused at 7.24. We started again right around 10.24 and then ended right around 10.45. Uh, FC Monmouth did hang on for a one nothing victory. Those three points were turned out to be very big looking back at the standings through four games and through five weeks for the Keystone Conference. But, guys, first of all, just a long night, but a thrilling game and a, a thrilling result in many ways uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we kind of thought going. I think we felt going into it. Um, not that anybody was like you know truly truly intimidated, but you got to respect the score lines that AC was putting up uh, before before the match. I mean, you know they 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 definitely had some blowout victories uh, and probably felt uh, you know like like we discussed in the last podcast, riding on a big high coming into that match, um, and and especially us coming off of the Copa defeat, uh, maybe feeling like we need to redeem ourselves a little bit, um, you know, if, if if anything, just morally. So it was always going to be a, I think an electric type of clash there, very thrilling match but um just it was it was the whole thing was shaped by the the lens of that weather delay i mean three hours uh in between you know in between in between ending what what do you do with that well i i kept thinking during the three hours of course we were hanging out with the team and i kept thinking as an athlete how do you kind of stay focused through a three-hour delay to where you don't know if you're going to go back out there on the field because of the weather and if it's going to stay in the area or not and you got to give the guys credit. They went back out there and played a really good final 19 minutes of that game also. Yeah, honestly, that was one of the big worries during that break, uh, keeping everybody focused, you know, because me personally, the weather delay was very confusing, you know, like it, it felt very long and, you know, light, the lightning didn't stop. And, you know, especially later on, you know, once 10 o'clock hit when, uh, it was decided that we were going to come back on the field. Um, I personally was confused because I didn't think that the lightning had stopped. But um, a confusing time for me and us, but especially the players. I mean, they had no idea, you know, didn't didn't know like if they were when they were going to get home. Um, but yeah, Coach Woods, I think, did a great job of 
keeping the guys focused. You know, I would say every what like 10, 15 minutes he, <laughs> group, little, yeah, he grouped the guys back talk. up. I think yeah. like every yeah him, Peter John as well, mm-hmm. a couple. Yeah, a lot of the coaches, some of the players tried as well, and of course, it, it turned out to be a, a very good final nineteen minutes where everyone knew on both sides that Atlantic City was going to throw everything at FC Monmouth in those final 19 minutes, and they held strong for the second shutout in three games, of course, prior to the game Saturday. Um, But still, the second shutout out of three games to begin the year, uh, I think it's worth talking about the the back line and the defense that FC Monmouth has had throughout the majority of this season. Of course, you look at the the second Copa game, and you kind of exclude that as the outlier, but you had the shutout to begin the year. You have the shutout at Atlantic City, and Atlantic City did have 14 shots, uh, in the game, but only two of those were on goal. And that kind of speaks to just how talented that back line for FC Monmouth is. They didn't allow a single shot on target against Copa in the season opener. So that right there exemplifies kind of how good this team is on the back line and on defense against some of the, the better scoring threats in this league. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, my, my big takeaway for the for the AC game uh again through the lens of that of that delay like that you know that last 20 minutes um you know i I was fortunate to be down on the bench and uh got to see the just the 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 absolute like rampant vocalness of our guys on the bench there for that 20 minutes i i of being on the bench at at the uh you know the first string of games here i have never heard them go that crazy and and supporting their teammates vocally just giving them, a, you know, giving them everything they got from the bench, to try to influence the game, you know, kind of as the the twelfth man. It was a very good, I think, bonding experience that the team had. Um, in I, the- it's funny you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> for the next point I was going to bring up was we're, we were. I feel like even us who really don't play for the team, we just kind of are with the team. I think all of us who traveled as part of FC Monmouth got a lot closer. Yes, and, and yes. it sounds really cliche to say, like a cliche sports thing, but. For especially this league and kind of throwing everybody together on the fly at the beginning of May, to be able to have those kind of moments and get closer, whether it be just kind of hanging out during a weather delay or being out on the field, that could be very beneficial of going course. into later parts of the year. When else are you going to get that? Give me, give me some other time in the ten game run where we're going to have everybody forced to be in the same area. Uh, you know that wouldn't wouldn't be a long drive or something like that. And it's where technically we- longer than any. Outside of like the normal game day, that's the longest that they're going to spend together in one specific yes, time. Yes, in one building, in yes. one small building. I mean that that was a um, uh, could be for me. I I, I don't want to throw too much weight on it yet, but that could be like a little bit of a morale uh, kind of turning point for the team in terms of uh, clicking. Listen, honestly, last year all we talked about was you know how you couldn't write a better script and and everything. And I know we still have a long season to go, but. This club needed that night so badly. We we needed a, a night like that to bring everyone together. Um, like you guys said, I, I couldn't believe it. Even up in the press box, obviously it was quiet. There was no one at the game at that point later on. But, you know, even up in the press box, we had the window open. We could hear everything loud and clear. Um, the guys, you know, the mentality was... We're gonna if we're gonna have to wait three hours, then we're not coming out of here with nothing less than three points. So um, that mentality stuck. They defended the last twenty minutes, and yeah, like I said, we needed that night so badly. I think without that, realizing it, without even realizing it. But after the Copa loss, you know the good start to the season, then the Copa loss, and you know the guys still gelling, having a night like that just solidified it. And then you know think about how uh, how Saturday went, you know. A couple of housekeeping notes before we move on to Saturday. FC Monmouth was outshot in the game 14-6, to but out of those six shots, they had three of them were on target. Of course, one finding the back of the net, so they were more efficient by putting balls on net. 
Uh, again, Atlantic City had a shot on goal in the second minute and then not one again until the 56. So after the three-hour rain delay, when kind of the script was in their favor, FC Monmouth was able to clamp down defensively, didn't allow a shot on target after the rain delay either. Uh, so just a couple housekeeping notes on that. The Revito goal was assisted by Rikeson Watkins. So it was the first of the year for Revito and then the first assist of the year for Watkins. And we'll move, focus a little bit to Saturday. Uh, so a couple of days ago uh, up in Red Bank, uh, 1-1 draw against another really good team, uh, especially last season and at the start of this season as well. And Philadelphia Lone Star came in the Red Bank. Uh, FC Monmouth did have the lead in that contest, one nothing off of a Sam Desencio goal in the 51st minute. 20 minutes later, FC Monmouth gave up a, a penalty kick to Anthony Allison, who's one of the best goal scorers in the Keystone Conference, who's able to put one by Jake Leahy. That score held for a 1-1 draw. And kind of the mood after the game, guys, though, was uh, it was a very hard-fought game. And you could tell that the team fought from the first whistle to the very last whistle of the game as well. And to get a point and get four points out of a week where you face an Atlantic City team on Wednesday that scored 10 goals through two games and you held them, obviously, to zero and only two shots on goal. And then you face a team on, on Saturday who has the best goal scorer on paper in the league and Anthony Allison. You hold them in the one goal, you hold this team the one goal, and you get a draw and you get the four points. In many ways, this has been a really big week for this team. Uh, a large week in the office, as you would say. Um, yeah, man. I mean, look at uh, again. Look at the look at this, the situation going into this match. You know, kind of again respecting the goal scoring threat that Lone Star has. You know, you can't you can't ignore that. You can't ignore somebody uh, like Anthony Allison with the, the stats he's put up already, you know, this season. Um, and then to go in and get a draw, I mean, if you told me in training, you know, the week earlier that we're going to get a draw at Lone Star uh, and I could take it, you know, deal or no deal. It's uh, Nobody wants to play for a draw, uh, of course, but that's a good result. I think that's a good result. You're and still keeping pace with everybody too by at least getting a point and keeping pace as well. Oh, of course, yeah. especially in the in the, ta the in the table. Yeah, in the table, I think we're we're fine. I think we we deserve where we need to be in the table here. Um, it's just with the, you know, now that we've seen all all these uh, all these games here and following the the, the big Copa defeat, the the the, the crazy uh, hang on at AC and now this result. Uh, to me, it kind of tells me, like, hey, is this team a, a bit of like a flash in the pan, a bit of lightning in the bottle, or are we actually consistently able to perform this way? And after that, after Saturday night, I would say that we are uh, consistently able to perform this way. I don't think, uh, you know, the Copa loss was necessarily a fluke, and, and, and then our, our wins are necessarily flukes either. I think we are a consistently performing team at this point. Yeah, and, and, and to touch on that too, I mean, I think, um, like some of the guys said after the game, you know, they, a lot of them wanted the three points there. You know, like as good of a, as good of a result the draw was, a lot of the guys were like frustrated. We should have gotten the three points. So, um, and, and you know, I remember I think uh, Dylan McDonald or, or Fogarty, I forget who it was, said it, but um, it just really shows like the character of this team to come out of a hard-fought 1-1 draw against someone like Lone Star wanting more and feeling like they deserved more. I think, uh, I think, the club is really starting to kind of, you know, outgrow the phase of the new kids on the block. I think we're settling into the Keystone Conference very nicely, and uh, I think Saturday's a prime example of seeing that, like, kind of uh, come to fruition. I think it still carries over from AC. I actually thought that uh, I, my set on the broadcast, or we were talking about it, I think that the morale that happened uh, the last 20 minutes in AC when they stepped on the field Saturday, it felt like they still had the same... 
uh, thing hanging over their head that's like, do not let all your hard work go to waste. Do not get this far into the season now and let anything go to waste. You need all three points. I felt that. I saw that urgency. Uh, and I know we've, we've seen that urgency from a lot of the players uh, that you're probably going to touch on here, Matt, as well individually. Uh, a couple things to note from that game, and one thing that you and I talked about on the broadcast as well, was the efficiency of the shots that FC Monmouth was taking. One stat of note, they had 15 for the game. 12 of them were on target, which accounted uh, for all you math majors out there, 80% of the total shots uh, for the game. That percentage was the highest for the team. You have to go back to June 13th of last season where they had five of six go on net against New Jersey Copa FC, which is 83%. So the efficiency of putting balls on net and creating opportunities, and that was on full display Saturday. And you could see coming out of the, the halftime break, they – had a stretch where they had seven straight shots to begin the half during a 15-minute stretch of just consecutive shots. Four of those were on target, including the goal that they scored. They were making the most of their opportunities and putting balls on net and not sending them wide or high or anywhere else. Well, I mean, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like we said, and something that you might have a bit more experience in here, but math. You know, if, you're gonna, if we're going to create more chances uh, and, and this number of chances this frequently, you're going to end up burying those. At some point, you're going to have to. And it looks like it has reflected so far in your stat keeping. And, you know, just from a neutral perspective as well, just for the fans out there listening, I mean, Saturday was an electrifying game. I thought it was one of the most entertaining matches we've watched this club play in a long time. Uh, And I think the stats speak for themselves with 16 offsides calls in the match. I mean, the the two sides were both just going at one another on the counter. You know, Lone Star was trying to hold their line, you know, tight. Uh, and they drew us offsides 10 times. Lone Star obviously had six themselves, but, There's I mean, four, end-to-end stuff. Four yellow cards in a game, too. It was getting a little testy towards the end and very competitive, and you could feel it on the field. And really within every match that they've played this year, you could feel the intensity on the field. And from start to finish, the team goes out there and fight, and the stats were there from Saturday, too, with the shots and everything else. And you're right, it was it was an exciting game and a very good crowd, too, and that kind of bridges into the next point before we talk about the the road ahead. Uh, it was home sweet home again for FC Monmouth. They, uh, in the span of all their NPSL competitions, are going back to the beginning of the 2018 season. They're five zero and two, so they're still unbeaten at Count Basie Park, and that was probably one of the the biggest and best crowds that I've seen in those seven games, uh, just from start to finish. And it kind of filed in right before kickoff, and it stayed until the end, and you could hear them too. And it was it, a very healthy crowd. It's a it's definitely a home field advantage, and that's something that as cliche to go back to that word as it is to say it does matter in some ways and it does help the guys on the field as well to be able to look up and see almost the entire well i'd say probably 60 to 75 percent of those bleachers were filled up oh of course and we've traveled we've traveled the league and um you know in such a large uh, and expansive league as the mpsl you know clubs are going to come from all different uh, types of origins and, and purposes and you're going to have a lot of variances in home atmosphere. Uh, you know, happy to report that we, I feel strongly saying that, like, you know, FC Monmouth has one of the stronger home atmospheres, um, at least in the Keystone Conference. And that is playing a part into the effort on the field at home. Yeah, I mean, the players and Coach Woods, you know, they always touch on how important the crowd is and how much of an impact it has on them. It really is important, you know, to have people out at the game and supporting the team. So, for anyone listening, again, um, you know, your support doesn't go unnoticed. And personally, I think we've seen the crowd slowly grow. I feel like every game it gets a little bit bigger, yeah, a little bit bigger. Yeah, definitely the first one, the Copa match, um, right? And that's just, you know, it's so good to, like, see that, you know, reaffirmation that we get when 
you know, the players and coach put in so much time and effort and we all put in so much time to help share this club story with you guys and to see fans coming out and uh, filling up the stands for whatever reason that they're there. There's obviously tons <laughs> of different reasons, but uh, it's an amazing thing to see. And uh, yeah, a lot of us were nervous about Saturday's game, but we came out of it and we're still undefeated at Count Basie Park. And do you think you need to start keeping a, st- uh, a stat for um, post and crossbar hits? Because that would definitely tell the story of how exciting that game was as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot yeah. of a lot of that. A lot of crossbar action. Yeah, that might have to be a stat for <laughs> later on. We might have to add another stat guy to keep track of some stuff like Far that. Far post, man of the match coming up soon. <laughs> lightning was the other one. <laughs> so far we got Lightning and the nature. Far Post. Uh, so FC Monmouth now 2-1-1 one, and one on the season. You can't call it the young season anymore. We're almost at the halfway mark. Of course, game number five, which is the halfway mark, is this upcoming Saturday. We're hitting the road, boys. We're hitting the road big time, going to Eastern Pennsylvania. Nice little family getaway to Hershey, PA. Going to be a great experience. <laughs> going to get some chocolate. See Christian Pulisic. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the biggest chocolate guy, though. So it's not like I'll eat it, but it's not like, what? Are you judging me right now? No, I'm just saying we're going, you're going the wrong place, my friend. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm going there for a soccer game, not to eat chocolate, though. I, I do, um, having never traveled uh, to Hershey for an athletic match, um, I do hope there's some kind of, I wonder if there is going to be some kind of tie-in to their, their roots there. It'll be interesting. So that's where we're going Saturday against Hershey FC. It starts, uh, we're in the middle right now of a five-game stretch where four are on the road. That home game against Lone Star was sandwiched in between two multi-game road stretches course the first was an all new jersey road stretch this is an all pennsylvania road stretch uh hershey and then the electric city in scranton uh, maybe we'll see michael scott up there or dunder mifflin we'll talk about that next week though and i'll save my jokes for then um but saturday is obviously every game is an important game in this league when you have only 10 opportunities to get points and keep pace with everybody else so what's got to happen for fc monmouth or what are some keys for saturday to be able to keep this really good start to the season going I mean, I think it's uh, a very, it's a simple question. I think it's actually a simple question and a simple answer. It is just simply to, you know, continue to match the intensity that we've been putting out there. Um, that's, we can't, uh, we, we can't, we don't have any space to kind of slack. There's no space to slack. And every team, regardless of where they're on the table, needs to be treated with, with still like, you know, enough respect to know that uh, any team can hurt any team in this in this league. We can hurt any team as well. It goes both ways. So, we have to go uh, to these away games as if it's another home game at Count Basie. Yeah, and teams like Hershey, you know, they tend to fly under the radar, you know, under the scope of the Keystone Conference. Obviously, we have some big names uh, in this conference, but uh, yeah, that's the most important thing is just realizing that there's no time to, you know, slip up. It's just the intensity has to stay, the level of seriousness and, you know, Preparation has to stay, and uh, just really important to keep up with those things heading into Saturday. Yeah, respect, but do not fear. Exactly. It'll be a good one on Saturday. If you want to make the trip out, make it a weekend. Take the family out. <laughs> do what Enjoy you got to do. Amusement park there. Whatever. Yeah, make make a weekend out of it. It's going to be good weather out in Hershey. I checked, so we're good on that front. Going to be cool temperatures. Going to be a fun time. Uh, we'll be there. You can talk to us uh, Saturday, six p.m. Will be the start of that game. We'll have all the pre, during, and post-match content on all of our social media accounts, as well as on our website, fcmonmouth.com. Stay tuned. Later on in the week, we have a special State of the Union uh, podcast with the head coach of FC Monmouth, Brian Woods. So make sure to stay tuned for that later on in the week. For Joey and Evan, my name is Matt DeLuca. Thanks for listening to the FC Monmouth podcast, and we will see you next time with the head coach, Brian Woods. Thanks.